0: Everybody, this is my spoiler full review of Spider-Man: No Way Home. I'm so late to review this movie because I was waiting for a chance to rewatch the movie before I reviewed it. That chance didn't come up, and I didn't have a chance to rewatch it. So I decided to just review it now. And once I rewatch the movie, probably sometime in the next week, I'll record another episode explaining how my thoughts, my opinions, my views changed after that rewatch, if they change at all. But uh, let's get into this movie. Overall, there's no underplaying this movie. It's a massive achievement on so many levels. It's both an excellent movie on its own and a satisfying ending to the MCU Spider-Man trilogy. It's by far the best Tom Holland Spider-Man movie and one of the best Spider-Man movies, period. I'm so impressed with how this movie balanced so many characters, properly serving each one and giving each one standout moments and a vital role in the story, while also keeping the focus on Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Not only that, but this movie is the perfect example of how to execute fan service correctly, even more than something like Avengers Endgame. The fan service in this movie is immensely satisfying and just flat out amazing to see. But as much as I loved it, what I loved even more was that underneath all of it, There was a really compelling and emotional story that I cannot wait to dive into. This movie really was fantastic. I don't think it's a perfect movie, like some are saying. I don't think it's the best Spider-Man movie of all time. I would still put Spider-Verse above this. And we'll talk about some of my criticisms of this movie at the end. But I do think this is a fantastic movie and one of the best the MCU has to offer. Starting with the cinematography, on a technical level, this movie was a huge step up from both Homecoming and Far From Home. It really felt like this is some sort of video game and John Watts just leveled up with this movie. The cinematography was fantastic throughout the whole movie, much better than the typical blockbuster. There were so many visually beautiful shots, like Peter sitting in the rain in front of the giant billboard after Aunt May's death, or the silhouettes of the other two Spider-Men on top of the building, Green Goblin's shattered mask, the three Spider-Men swinging around and landing next to each other, all the villains lined up for the final battle, All of that was just beautiful, and so many of the action scenes were beautifully shot. And that's just to name a few. There were so many beautifully framed and aesthetically pleasing shots that I haven't mentioned and I'm forgetting about. But this movie really is a visual marvel. The cinematography is fantastic. Moving on to the visual effects, they were really well done. I was honestly a little bit worried about them because I wasn't impressed with the effects in the very first trailer for this movie. But since that trailer debuted, the effects have obviously been improved. Doc Ock's arms, Sandman, Electro, all the de-aging that was used, every single big action set piece, the Doctor Strange versus Spider-Man fight, all the magic and portals Doctor Strange uses, and so much more are all examples of the great CGI in this movie. Um, I think for the most part, everything looked great. There were some moments where you could tell it was green screen, but it was really well done and good looking green screen. Um, The only thing that kind of looks weird to me a little bit at certain points throughout the movie is the Iron Spider suit. The CGI for that suit looks a little wonky at moments and then great at other moments. And that's kind of nothing new. That's always been a problem with that suit. Um, so visually, this movie is great. Moving on to the music. The score for this movie is so well done. It's it's so epic and sweeping and grand, and it really makes this movie feel like a huge, huge event, um, even more than it already does. Major props to Michael Giacchino, who scored this movie, who managed to blend and mix the Tom Holland Spider-Man theme with the Toby and Andrew ones perfectly. It was so awesome to hear in the theaters. And then that moment when the three Spider-Men are finally working together during the final battle as the theme blasts through the speakers was just electric. And one of those unforgettable and instantly iconic movie moments, that was awesome. Moving on from the music to the costume design, which is not something I usually talk about, but uh, I thought it was great in this movie. I loved the Spider-Man's inside-out suit. I loved the wires sticking out. I thought that was kind of a clever a clever suit I wasn't expecting. The Far From Home red and black suit of course is cool. The Spider-Man suit with the gold logo looked awesome. Doc Ock looked great. Electro's improved suit was fantastic and so much of an improvement. Uh, Toby and Andrew's suits looked perfect and right out of their movies. And then seeing the original Green Goblin suit was awesome. And then seeing the one with the hood, which is more comics accurate, was also awesome. And then of course, at the end, we get the classic red and blue Spider-Man suit, which we haven't really gotten in the MCU so far. Maybe the original Homecoming suit, but this one is even more comics accurate and it looked amazing. I cannot wait to see more of that suit. And and that looked awesome. So the costume design in this movie was great as well. Uh, Moving on to the direction, John Watts is so underrated. He's turned in a fantastic Spider-Man trilogy and doesn't get enough credit for it. He's the first director in the MCU to have directed a full trilogy, I think. And, uh, and he's great at it. His direction for this movie was fantastic. From the cinematography and the visuals to the performances and the way the story comes together, the way all the different components of the movie come together. Um, it's all really great direction. And he did a fantastic job with this movie. Um, When you just think about the challenge this movie had and all the millions of different ways it could have gone wrong and would have gone wrong under less talented creatives, and you think about what he's been able to pull off with this movie, it's mind blowing and it's absolutely amazing. Um, He may not have a super unique and recognizable and distinct style like maybe Chloe Zhao, for example, but he knows how to make a good movie and he's proven that over and over and over. And after seeing this movie, it's no wonder why Marvel chose him to direct their Fantastic Four movie, and my excitement level for that movie has risen after seeing how great this movie turned out to be. Um, he was fantastic. John Watts deserves a lot more credit for this movie. So moving on from the direction to the fight scenes and the choreography, one thing about this movie that I really love is that when I think about the movie, the fight scenes are actually really low on the order of things I think about. Um, The movie really isn't about the fights, and they're not nearly as important as they are to other movies like Black Widow or Shang-Chi and a lot of other big blockbuster movies. Um, That said, the fights in this movie were fantastic. They were well choreographed, well shot, and very thrilling. I'm going to briefly run through all of them and give you my thoughts. So the first fight scene let's talk about is Spider-Man in the dark when he first finds Electro and Sandman. I love that scene and I love the tension. It wasn't full on horror, but there was some great tension going on. I love that shot of Electro over Spider-Man's shoulder lighting up as Spider-Man senses it. And then he turns on the little, uh, little Dr. Strange device thing that puts the villains in prison. Uh, that was fantastic. That shot was so cool. It could have easily been some boring shot where Electro just appears in front of Spidey, but it was much cooler this way. And shots like this is what makes the cinematography special. And uh, I thought that was awesome. I'm going to jump around a little bit. I'm not going in order of the fights. I'm going to jump now to actually to the final battle, um, which was awesome. Seeing all the spider man fight separately and then work together was amazing. Seeing them swing off each other and then land in a pose side by side was so cool. They each got standout moments, standout lines. I loved Lizard chasing Ned and MJ through the Doctor Strange portal. I love Doc Ock showing up to help defeat Electro. I love things like Andrew Garfield Spider-Man saying hi to Max again, saying hi to Electro, or Toby coming face-to-face with Doc Ock again, and seeing the payoff of that relationship from Spider-Man 2. All that was great, um, and that fight was just full of so many awesome moments that really kept me on the edge of my seat. Moving on to the first major fight scene of the movie, which is the bridge fight scene with Spider-Man versus Doc Ock. Uh, this was awesome. This one was so heavily teased in the trailers and for good reason. Um, I love seeing the tentacles in action with modern visual effects, throwing cars around, throwing stuff around. I love seeing the iron spider arms extend and come fight against Doc Ock. Um, I love Doc Ock being like, oh, we have competition. It's always little details like that, which stand out to me. And that was awesome. I love Doc Ock getting the Stark nanotech and you think it's going to give him an upgrade and make him more powerful, but then Peter's able to control it. That was a cool twist and a creative way to end the fight that I didn't see coming. I also love that Spidey um, had to save the MIT admissions lady. That pressure of having a life on the line gave the scene so much more weight and real stakes. It's also just fundamentally Spider-Man to have Peter trying to save someone while also trying to deal with the villain. All that was great. And then also Green Goblin joining at the very end before everyone got teleported to the Sanctum was awesome. And it was awesome seeing the pumpkin bombs and the classic suit from uh, from that original Spider-Man movie. Um, so that was a fantastic fight scene. Moving on to the first fight between Green Goblin and Spider-Man. Um, that was amazing. The choreography was so good because it was actually really brutal and you felt every punch You felt the anger behind Peter because Norman ruined his whole plan to try to heal these villains. Um, For the first time, we really see Peter go dark, and it's awesome. Also, Green Goblin is just terrifying and really felt like a real threat. There's a moment where Peter's punching him over and over and over, and then Green Goblin starts to smile. It's completely terrifying and a fantastic acting moment from Willem Dafoe. That scene was beautifully shot. The score was epic and intense. Um, there was a real sense of danger that isn't always present in MCU fight scenes, and uh, and I just thought that was amazing. The next one I want to talk about is that final fight scene between Green Goblin and Spider-Man. After the big battle with all three Spider-Men when it's just Green Goblin and Spider-Man left, I mean this is one of the best fight scenes in the entire MCU because it's so emotional and so raw. It wasn't really even about Green Goblin himself, It was about spider-man and his rage and how he's taking out all his rage on green goblin the music is so overwhelming and so epic and sweeping it gives the scene so much weight so much importance and then seeing all the other spider-man react to peter it's just so good it's really similar from a character standpoint to yelena versus clint in that hawkeye finale but just with much better choreography it's uh it's absolutely amazing the fight is brutal it's impactful it's the perfect example of a fight scene motivated by character that pushes characters along in their arcs. That scene just has so much power and emotion behind it, which I absolutely love. And it's also just a beautiful scene, really good looking, the location, the setting, the production design, the, uh, the visuals and the choreography as well. Just the brutalness, all of it is just so perfect. And that scene is, is uh, absolute perfection and one of the best parts of this movie. The last fight scene I want to talk about is Doctor Strange versus Spider-Man. This was by far my favorite, not the best, but my favorite fight scene of the movie. I love Dr. Strange. He's one of my favorite Marvel characters. And I love the mirror dimension. It just looked so cool. I love the trippy visuals. I love Dr. Strange sending the Cloak of Levitation after Peter and then creating portals. So Peter webs his own foot and traps himself. Moments like that are things that are just so unique and cool and memorable. This fight was awesome. I loved every minute of it. I also love Peter solving the problem with math. I love that he figures out that the mirror dimension is just geometry, and he uses that to beat Strange. It's a really clever solution, and I love how Spider-Man solved the problem in a clever, genius, and unexpected way, which is quintessentially Spider-Man. It really continues the recurring pattern in this movie of bringing MCU Spider-Man much closer to comic Spider-Man, which I absolutely love. The next thing I want to briefly mention is the sound design in this movie. I thought it was super well done, especially that scene where all the villains are in Happy Hogan's apartment and uh, and Peter begins to spider sense. he senses something bad coming and uh, he kind of walks down and the volume's really clouded and the dialogue's really clouded and you hear it from his perspective and you can't really tell what people are saying. You can just tell something's wrong. I really thought the sound design was fantastic during that scene, um, and it's fantastic throughout this whole movie. and again, The Spider-Sense, that's something that hasn't really been utilized that much in the previous Spider-Man movies. And I love how it's used so much in this movie. And the Spider-Sense is a big part of this movie. And it is used multiple times. And yet again, um, it's something that the MCU is doing to bring this Spider-Man closer to comic Spider-Man, which I love. Now, moving on to the performances, let's start with Tom Holland. He was utterly fantastic in this movie. This was by far his best performance yet. In any movie of his that I've seen, he brought the lightheartedness and quippiness that MCU Spider-Man especially is known for, but also really got dark in a believable way. When May dies and he breaks down crying, you really feel for him. And that scene is absolutely heartbreaking. They really hit you right in the feels. And then his anger, his pain as he hugs his friends when they come to support him is clearly visible. And Tom Holland does an amazing job portraying that. He's fantastic at depicting how much his family and friends really mean to him, how much they motivate him and how much they motivate him to do what he does. Um, I like how the reason he goes to Dr. Strange in the first place for help is not to fix his own life. It's not because his life got messed up. It's because it messed up his friend's life and that he's responsible for his friend's life being messed up. And he wants to fix that. That's a very Spider-Man thing, that selflessness, which, uh, which I loved. That was fantastic. Um, and then the pure rage as he beats up Green Goblin with no remorse is portrayed perfectly and you totally believe it. Tom Holland has always kind of been in these movies very happy-go-lucky, quippy, but you totally believe in this movie that he's been hurt so much that he actually does go this dark, this, uh, this brutal, and he's no longer that happy-go-lucky Kid. And it's so cool watching his arc over the three movies because by the end of this movie, you can really tell that he's grown up. He's matured. He's a full on adult now. He's no longer a kid. He's seen some stuff, he's dealt with some stuff, and he is now an adult. He's matured. All that is fantastic. And it's really cool to track that progression across all the MCU movies with Spider Man in them. That was fantastic. I think Tom Holland balances humor with dramatic acting perfectly. Again, I'm drawing a lot of comparisons. Because his arc in this movie is a little bit similar to uh, Yelena in Hawkeye. And and I think he nails that balance of humor with dramatic acting perfectly in the same way that Florence Pugh does as Yelena. The pure emotion he's able to exude on screen is amazing. I'm also going to talk about this in more detail later. But the scene near the end of the movie where he goes to see MJ and Ned with their memories wiped in the coffee shop is some amazing internal acting. And he portrays so much of what Peter is feeling. And so much of what Peter is thinking without any dialogue, it's really all under the surface and it's about what's implied instead of what's said. And uh, that was a great performance moment from Tom Holland and one of his best I've ever seen. So he was fantastic. Moving on to Zendaya as MJ. She was amazing as well. That scene where Peter explains to MJ that she's going to lose her memories because of him is absolutely heartbreaking. You really care for this character and her relationship with Peter I wasn't fully on board with this version of MJ until this movie, actually. And now I absolutely love her. She's fantastic. Zendaya, again, is great at balancing drama and comedy, just like Tom Holland. Um, I think we're starting to see the new generation of A-listers crop up with people like Yaya Abdul-Mateen, Jonathan Majors, Zendaya, Tom Holland, Florence Pugh, Timothy Chalamet, um Haley steinfeld these are all people who are really going places and will be rising to the a list soon and it's cool to see them really uh really grow as actors and it's awesome to see their careers really flourish and then finally the chemistry between the three leads is amazing and they all really seem like good friends sometimes you have characters in movies that are supposed to be best friends and you can kind of tell that they are not actually best friends and it doesn't come across as well as it should and this movie ned mj and peter really do seem like best friends and they all have great chemistry together. Moving on to Jacob Batalon as Ned. Uh, he's always been great. And this movie's no different. He's hilarious. He has great comedic timing. His chemistry with both Zendaya and Tom Holland is great. He really is the best friend that everybody wants to have. He's supportive, loyal, and funny. And then it's funny seeing him in the movie using some Doctor Strange powers, even though it's a little bit convenient. The next person I want to talk about is Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. She's always been a lot of fun, but she really gets to flex her acting muscle in this movie. She gets the shine in this movie. And this movie, she's the moral core of Peter Parker. And she fulfills that Uncle Ben role to perfection. Her death is absolutely gut-wrenching and one of the saddest in the entire MCU. And I really love, I love and I hate it because it's heartbreaking, but it's also amazing how the filmmakers play with you. She gets hurt, and you go, oh, no, she's dead. She gets up, and even though you still know she's going to die, you kind of think for a moment, oh, maybe maybe she's not dead. Maybe she'll be okay. And uh, she gets up. She says, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Then you see the blood, and you're like, oh, no, she's really dead. And, um, and they really prolong it before she finally dies and delivers that iconic line. And uh, Marissa Tomei was absolutely amazing and heartbreaking and delivered the line so well. Uh, I like this, honestly, more than the original Uncle Ben story because we've gotten to know Aunt May over three movies. So her death has so much more meaning and so much more impact for the audience. And not just for the audience, we get to actually see why it's so impactful for Peter more than we do when it's Uncle Ben. Instead of the movie telling us how important Uncle Ben was to Peter, we really got to see in this case how important Aunt May was to Peter. So we know how much he's hurt when she dies. Um, And then she was fantastic. You can see that May is trying to hold it together for Peter. You can see that she's breathing heavily. She's shaking. She's struggling to get her words out. And you can just tell that she's not okay. Uh, Props to Marvel and Sony for having the guts to kill off such a major character like this. It was heartbreaking, really, really sad, and such a good scene, and Marissa Tomei nailed it. Next up, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange was great. He had to give a lot of exposition about how killing the villains is the right thing to do, and how dangerous the situation is. He was used more as a plot device in this movie than a fully formed character, but he delivered all the exposition flawlessly. He did a really great job conveying the enormity and the danger of this situation, I also loved his relationship with Peter and how he comes to respect Peter at the end when he says goodbye. That was really well executed throughout the whole movie and really well acted. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is probably my favorite actor and he's just, he's fantastic as always. And uh, this movie really renewed my love for the Doctor Strange character and got me excited to see him again in Multiverse of Madness. Next up, Jamie Foxx was great in this movie. He was funny at moments, he was threatening at moments. He was a little inconsistent for me, where sometimes it didn't work for me, sometimes it did. He definitely brought a lot more of his own personality to the character, uh, which worked for the most part, even though it was inconsistent with his performance in Amazing Spider-Man 2. But overall, I really liked him in the movie. It was an improvement from Amazing Spider-Man 2, and I like how he was written. Um, Alfred Molina was amazing. I love everything they did with Doc Ock in this movie. Alfred Molina just has this gravitas to him with every line he delivers. He just has this power behind each line. And I love how once he's cured, he helps Spider-Man out. I like the knowledge he brought to the table about Norman Osborn. I like how he was a helpful, he was an ally. I like how he comes in at the end to get Electro. Um, I like how he sees Toby again and their little conversation, their interaction. The payoff of that relationship was so great. Alfred Molina was so great. He was funny at moments. He was He was threatening at moments. He just nailed it. He was fantastic. Another standout. And then next up, Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. Another standout in this movie. He was terrifying and had so many great lines. Literally every single line he had in this movie was gold and delivered excellently. You could make a good case that he was better in this movie than in the original Spider-Man. And I wouldn't argue with that. I loved exploring the multiple personalities of Norman Osborn uh, more than we ever have before. He was fantastic at playing both personalities and uh, he was just terrifying. He was fantastic, a fantastic villain and uh, just just great the way he taunts Peter and stuff. He's just so great. Next up, Toby Maguire as Peter Parker was awesome. It was so cool to see him back in the role. He really brought that pure hearted Boy Scout goodness that he had in the original trilogy. Um, he also got some really funny lines and I love the moment where he stops MCU Peter from killing Green Goblin I love how that scene has no dialogue and it's all written all over Toby's face. That was some great internal acting, some great facial acting. Um, He says everything he needs to say through his eyes instead of actually saying it, which was fantastic. Last but definitely not least is Andrew Garfield. The main standout of the movie for me, he was phenomenal. Uh, This year is really Andrew Garfield's year. He's been in a lot of great movies and uh, he'll get probably a Best Actor nomination for Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, He is so underrated as an actor. He was phenomenal in this movie. And this movie redeemed him from his subpar Spider-Man movies. He was hilarious. He had perfect comedic timing, but also he was so great dramatically. The two Spider-Men telling Peter about the people they lost was an amazing scene. And then Garfield choking up and talking about how he lost his way and he stopped pulling his punches when he lost Gwen was amazing And then when he catches MJ later on and he's crying because he feels like he's redeemed himself, he kind of gets that closure he's always wanted. It's a beautiful and emotional scene that was brilliantly acted. And then MJ asking Garfield if he's okay when she was the one who was just falling was such a great comedy beat and so well-timed and so well-placed. All of that was amazing. That scene really hit me in the feels. You can clearly see how much that meant to Peter. That was amazing. Andrew Garfield was fantastic throughout the whole movie. Once again, showing how great of an actor he is. And, um, and I had no interest before. And he's always been considered kind of the worst Spider-Man. Uh, but after this movie, I'm like, he might even be the best Spider-Man. He might be better than Tom Holland. He was so good. Uh, he was Fantastic. And then the ones I didn't mention, John Favreau, J.K. Simmons, Benedict Wong, Charlie Cox, who I'll talk about later, Thomas Hayden Church, Tony Revolori, Andrew Rice, and the rest of the cast who I didn't mention were all great and played their roles very well. And um, they were all fantastic. The chemistry between the characters is the next thing I want to talk about. It was great. Ned, Peter, and MJ are just amazing. It's so cool to see them as best friends. They really sell that. They have great chemistry. They're fantastic together. They're hilarious. All that's great. Um, I loved seeing kind of MJ and Ned's escapades near the end of the movie. That was great. Uh, Peter and Dr. Strange's relationship throughout the movie is great. I love Dr. Strange being frustrated with Peter, but then kind of learning to respect him. I mean, MJ and Peter are fantastic. In Homecoming and in Far From Home, I never fully got on board with their relationship. And I never really fully bought it. But now this movie turned me around. I totally buy it. I totally buy them as a couple. They seem really in love. Um, Them leaving each other, that scene is heartbreaking. Uh, That was really sad. All three Spider-Men together again were amazing. One of my favorite parts of the movie is that conversation they have about the villains they fought. And they're talking about fighting aliens. And then Andrew Garfield wants to fight an alien. He's making fun of he's only fought a guy in a giant rhino suit. Um, And then they're laughing at that. And then I love how Tom Holland brings up, I was part of the Avengers and they don't have Avengers and all of that. That whole conversation was just hilarious and amazing. And seeing the three Spider-Men interact is something I never in a million years thought we would ever see, but it's just so cool and so awesome. and just brings me so much joy. And I think brings so many people so much joy. And it's just amazing, amazingly written, hilarious, and everything you would expect and hope it would be and more, it was fantastic. Moving on to the character arcs, I love Peter wanting to save the villains. It's a very Spider-Man-y thing to want. It's a very quintessentially Spider-Man thing. Uh, I love that. I love how he loses May and he becomes consumed with anger and rage. I love how he's stopped by Toby and he has to come out and overcome that anger and rage. And then I love how he's truly alone at the end and how he goes to MJ and Ed and he wants to tell them his identity, but he sees how happy they are without him and he just sees himself as a burden on them. And he doesn't tell them his identity. Spider-Man in the comics always has to deal with the consequences of him being Spider-Man. And he always has to deal with the burden that him being Spider-Man puts on everyone around him. And we really got to see that in this movie, which was fantastic. I love what they did with May, with her being Peter's moral center. That's something that's been established in Far From Home, uh, that she was a great person. Because she was doing all these philanthropy events and uh, and stuff like that. And I liked her being the kind of moral core of this movie. Um, I love Doc Ock. I love how when he was healed, he helped Peter out. He was really a good person, but those arms just overtook him. Uh, That was fantastic. I like how he comes to stop Electro. Um, I love everything with the villains in the apartment, all their different views about wanting to be healed or fixed. I love how Electro looks and feels better in the MCU. He feels more powerful. So no wonder he doesn't want to leave it. Makes sense. I love how he has a different view on that. I love Green Goblin messing everything up. All that was great. I love Sandman. They mentioned he just wants to get back to his daughter, which is cool. Uh, Lizard didn't get much to do, but it was just cool to see him. All that was great. And then Toby telling Andrew he's amazing. Andrew saving MJ, redeeming and bringing him back from the dark place he went after Gwen's death. All of that was fantastic. Andrew's arc was fantastic. Toby stopping Tom from killing Green Goblin was fantastic. And helping Tom out of that dark place was awesome really this movie did a great job because they could have brought these other Spider-Men in and all these villains in and had them just be evil and not given them any arc or anything important to do. But this movie brought them in and they were all pushed forward. They all grew. They all changed. They all were fully formed characters for the most part. They all had different opinions. They had different views. And I really love seeing that growth and seeing how these characters are not just brought in to be the same characters, they're brought in and then they're pushed forward and they change and they evolve as characters in this movie. And the way the movie was able to do that was fantastic. I loved, um, I loved Toby and Garfield hugging Tom and then kind of looking upon him fondly, of course, passing the baton. I love them mentoring him. Their conversation, talking about how they all lost someone close to them was so well-written and so well-acted and amazing. I love how they all related to him. I love Tom's face when he realized he's not alone, that these variants of him have also felt his same pain. That was great acting. That entire scene is beautiful and gives me chills. And the way all these characters were handled in this movie were fantastic. And I was just surprised with the depth of development and growth each one got for the most part, besides maybe Sandman and Lizard. Uh, Moving on to the writing, I thought it was fantastic with Green Goblin, with Doc Ock, with Electra, with all their unique perspectives, with all these really memorable lines. I love the moral conflict between Doctor Strange and Spidey. Um, it's very compelling. You can totally see both sides and they're both kind of right in a certain way. I love that philosophical question of what's the right thing to do. The continuation of Peter's arc, his growth throughout the movie and his growth throughout the trilogy is just fantastic. And this was overall an extremely well-written movie The humor was fantastic. The three Spider-Man comparing villains, talking about the Avengers, Ned saying Peter, and they all turn, all the funny MCU quips and lines. Um, I I mean, it's amazing. The humor was on point again for me. And and I was really impressed because after the trailers, I was a little worried about the humor. Um, So I was really impressed with that. And uh, I just thought this movie was fantastic on so many levels. And then talking more about specific details in the story, I love the premise, I love how this spell Doctor Strange casts pulls in characters who know Peter Parker from other universes, I talked about how much I love that moral dilemma of Doctor Strange having a point, how Spider-Man is risking the entire multiverse for a few people and how that's not the smart thing to do, but then I love how it's quintessentially Spider-Man to try to save everyone he can, to try to help these villains who aren't just pure evil but struggling with something, Um, that was great. I love the ending of the movie. The ending of the movie, at first I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. But it wasn't until I started to think about it that I started to love it. I love how Spider-Man goes with every intention to tell Ned and MJ about who he is. But then he sees how happy they are without him. A fundamental component of the Spider-Man character is the constant toll that being Spider-Man takes on his loved ones. And how Spider-Man has to deal with that and reckon with that. And so much of this movie is about that. Peter cost MJ, and Ned their spots at MIT. And he realizes that he's a burden to them and he's holding them back. So he decides not to tell them that he's Spider-Man. It's extremely sad, but also selfless and beautiful and just a perfect ending scene and a super Spider-Man thing to do. And I loved it. And it's also genius from Marvel and Sony's perspective because now this could be it. We could be done. It's satisfying ending. But then also... We could also pick up right from here and see more Spider-Man adventures. It's a genius ending. And then also everybody in the MCU forgot who Spider-Man is. So now if Sony wants to take him to the Sony verse, they can, if they want to keep him in the MCU, they can, they really made a satisfying ending, but then an open ending where they could take it so many different ways, or they can just end it here. And it's just genius. And it's a perfect ending on so many levels. And then, um, I really, really just love how this trilogy is kind of the origin story of MCU Spidey. By the end of the movie, Tom Holland is no longer MCU Spider-Man, but he is the new Spider-Man, if that makes sense. He's no longer MCU Spider-Man, but he's Spider-Man. It uh, it really feels like he has finally become Spider-Man. He's completely alone. He's broke. He's in his own apartment. He has no help. He has no Stark tech. It's a completely fresh start, and it's genius. It's genius how we all thought the MCU skipped Spider-Man's origin story, even though we've actually been watching it unfold in real time. This movie really made this Peter Parker Spider-Man. He's not some happy-go-lucky kid anymore. He's someone who's gone through horrible things, who's lost people, who is now completely alone with struggles, with problems that he's going to have to deal with and overcome And that's what makes Spider-Man, Spider-Man. He's one of the best characters in fiction for that reason. He's so relatable because he has to deal with all these human problems. He has to deal with loss. And sometimes he goes to dark places. Sometimes it's too much, but he always finds a way out of the darkness eventually. And he always overcomes it. That's what makes Spider-Man special. And that's what makes Spider-Man inspiring. And that's the place the MCU has finally gotten this iteration of Spider-Man. And I love it. The final shots of him swinging in the classic costume were amazing and made me want to see more of Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Those shots really felt like, okay, we got there. All these criticisms of MCU Spider-Man not being Spider-Man or being Iron Boy Jr., those are long gone now. He is now truly Spider-Man, and I cannot wait for that. I Nobody remembers who he is, so now we can go a more grounded, street-level Spider-Man a more friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and uh, I cannot wait for that. I love that ending, and I think it's genius, and it's fantastic. Talking about the post-credit scenes, um, I love the first credit scene. Here's why. I don't like Venom. I don't really like either Venom movie, and uh, I like how Venom's in there for a few jokes, then he's out of there. I'm glad to have that Venom out of the MCU, but I like how they leave a little bit of the symbiote, so now Kevin Feige can properly handle that symbiote and we can get a real Venom in the MCU instead of the goofy Tom Hardy one. And uh, and I love that. I think that's awesome. I'm excited to see what Kevin Feige does with this new Venom symbiote in the MCU. I would love to see a college age, uh, older, more mature, less quippy and goofy and lighthearted Spider-Man trilogy with the first movie being with this symbiote, with this new Venom symbiote and a more grounded street level Spider-Man with Tom Holland. And uh, I think that's awesome. The second post-credit scene was the Multiverse of Madness trailer, which I loved. I talked about that in my last news roundup. So go listen to that if you want to hear my more detailed thoughts. Um, So I loved it. I love this movie. The last thing I want to talk about in the good section is specific details, specific moments and fan service. One thing I loved about this movie was that all the fan service was or most of the fan service we'll say this most of the fan service was motivated by story and by character and there was a purpose for it and there was a reason for it it wasn't just fan service for fan service sake just to show something cool there was actually a reason behind it like Toby and Andrew they had character reasons they had reasons to be there they had a purpose they served the purpose of mentoring the new Spider-Man of really pushing his character forward. And they also, their characters were pushed forward. They weren't just there to be there. And uh, that was the case with so much of the fan service in this movie, which is awesome and how fan service should always be executed. And sadly, uh, we rarely get fan service as good as this. Um, It was awesome. Some fan service that there wasn't a purpose for it, but was just awesome, was Charlie Cox showing up as Matt Murdock. It was amazing. It was so cool to see. It was so comic booky in that anybody can just pop up at any time. Spider-Man needs a lawyer. Why not just make it the famous superhero lawyer? That was great, and seeing him catch the brick was great. Uh, seeing the confirmation that he's in the MCU was great. That was just a great scene, a memorable scene. and it's so crazy how, how packed this movie is that like it's taken me so long to mention that Daredevil's in the MCU now, that's gigantic, but this movie is just so packed. That's just kind of an afterthought in this review. It's crazy. Um, I love the line that Electra says that there's got to be a black Spider-Man out there somewhere. Obviously referencing Miles Morales. I love that. I love that. Electra, when he first comes into the MCU, he is that blue color we know him as, but then he just consumes energy and becomes his normal color. I like how they didn't just retcon his blue appearance away and they explained why he didn't have it anymore. I also love how that became an important plot point for him he felt and looked better in the MCU, so of course he didn't want to leave. I love that. I love seeing the silhouettes of Rhino and Craven coming in through the multiverse. That was a cool Easter egg. I'm pretty sure uh, someone spotted a Mysterio too, which was cool. Everything with Doctor Strange on top of the Statue of Liberty, kind of fighting back against the multiverse was cool. The look of the multiverse was cool. There's a shot where you see the city, and then you see the shattering of the multiverse. Um, I thought it was awesome. J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson was awesome. I like how he started in some basement somewhere with a green screen and ended up in a full studio. I like how he starts as some conspiracy theorist, but then his audience grows. That was a cool little detail that we didn't really need, but was just cool. I love things like Flash Thompson writing his own book about being Peter Parker's best friend. And I love how the book is called Flashpoint. It's a kind of a funny DC reference there. um, And I like that. I loved all the Ned Hobgoblin references. I love the reveal that Wong is the new Sorcerer Supreme, which makes sense with all the activity and all the stuff he's been doing in Shang-Chi 2, the leadership role he seemed to be taking in that movie. And also because Doctor Strange is just so reckless, I hope to see that explored and Wong explored more in Multiverse of Madness. And then I love like the jokes between the three Spider-Men and learning that Toby's web fluid comes out of him and it's not like a device he makes. That was funny. So I, I really love this movie. Um, I feel like I've touched on pretty much everything. Uh, This movie was fantastic. It was so good. Uh, I do have some criticisms, though, and let's talk about those. All my criticisms of this movie come from the first act, which was a little bit contrived and a little bit messy. It made sense that Peter went to Strange for help, not for himself, to fix his own problems, but to fix his friend's problems because he caused them to be rejected from college. That worked, but then Doctor Strange helping him and then the spell itself, uh, the spell going out of control like that, it just felt a little bit off, a little bit contrived, just, uh, just kind of a plot thing to get what the writers want to happen to happen. Things like Ned being so good at magic was really contrived. and was just kind of needed for the plot. It didn't make a lot of sense. Both of those plot points were used more as devices to get the storytellers where they wanted to without being fully or properly fleshed out. Um, Dr. Strange in this movie too, was used more as a plot device than a fully formed character. Uh, Especially in the beginning, there were moments where he just felt a little bit off to me. It's not a huge deal. The third act of this movie more than made up for kind of a messy first act. And that would be my main issue with the movie. Another thing is that Lizard and Sandman were kind of just there. They didn't get much to do. Um, There wasn't really a reason for them to be there. And... They weren't really needed. It was just kind of nice to see them for fan service, even though they don't even get as much as kind of a fan service pop that like Matt Murdock does. Um, but I still like seeing them. It was nice to have multiple villains to cure. The last thing that I'm hoping will be fixed in the future or like explained in the future is that the final spell that makes everybody forget that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Uh, there's some logic issues with it. They've been more than pointed out, you know, videos, people remembering, pictures, The books all sorts of things so i'm just curious about the logistics of that spell and how that actually works like do records of peter parker even existing get erased how does that work logistically it doesn't make a lot of sense so i'm hoping that's something they explain in the future but that's not a huge deal and um those are really all my criticisms of this movie i don't have much bad to say about it this movie is amazing and i feel like i barely scratched the surface but you get the point. I absolutely love this movie. It's one of my favorite Spider-Man movies of all time. It's probably a 9 or a 9.5 out of 10 for me. I loved it. Um, Thank you for listening to this review. Thank you for waiting because I know this review is late. Please let me know what you thought of this movie. Did you love it as much as me? Did you not like this movie? Did you like it less than me? Do you have other criticisms or things I failed to mention? Please let me know in the comments if you're on YouTube. If not, there's a place a form in the description where you can leave your thoughts there's an email and there's a voicemail link and all of those are in the description where you can tell me what you thought of this movie and uh that's pretty much it so thank you so much for listening to this review and have a good day